Hi, my name is Lohai, and my mental health journey has been about reclamation. Hello, and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Yonamura. Welcome to another episode. I'm sorry if you are a loyal listener that I missed our episode last week. Had to delay things a little bit just because I have been a little bit busy. So I missed this episode, but, or I missed recording an episode for last week. So I apologize for being late, but I hope it was worth the wait, or I know it will be worth the wait because this is an awesome episode that we're able to record with a really cool guest. Um, it's someone that I have seen through the Changing Tides social media for a while now because when I was hired by LTSC, or hired by Changing Tides, I should say, I saw their account and I've seen the work that they do and I've been wanting to talk to this person for so long and I was finally like, maybe they'll respond. We'll see what happens. So reached out and we were able to get this guest and it was a great conversation. Um, you know, one thing that I encourage people to do, especially if you're a male listening to this or a male identifying person, you should really look at their account and the message that they have because especially the last couple of years, there have been so many toxic personalities online uh, sharing a pretty toxic message to young men. And I think this person, our guest today, is the perfect counter to what is usually spread to young men right now. Um, I love to talk to this guy. I look forward to the future collaborations because it sounds like we're going to be working together in the future anyway. Um, I won't be doing their music, thank goodness. I don't want to take his career, uh, but hopefully we'll be working together in the mental health space in the future. So with all that said, I'm so excited to share uh, this interview that I did with artist, musician, and leader of the, not leader, that sounds a little culty but a facilitator for the Proud Asian Men Group, Lohai. Lohai, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and sharing your journey with us. I really am excited to share a little bit of your message, but you know, it's really going to be about you sharing your message. Uh, so with that though, I want to start with why you described your, why your mental health journey is about reclamation. Yeah, because I, I think about when it, when it comes to men's work and masculinity, I think a lot about like that, that little boy we have, we have inside of us. Um, and you know, there's, there's definitely good things about, you know, growing up, being an adult, you know, figuring out the world, figuring out, like learning these lessons, uh, about the world. But I think there's a, there's a pureness to what that, what that boy was, you know, both on the soft side, you know, being, being more open and like crying, emotional, but also, also just like being adventurous, being risk taking, um, not really having that seed of shame, you know, planted planted so deeply. Uh, so sometimes when I think about masculinity work, it's actually sometimes it's going out there and, and getting something, but oftentimes it's also going inside and making making sure that that little boy is is good. And that he'd be he'd be proud of you know what we're doing today how how we're treating others how we're treating our ourselves so that sometimes uh is, is helpful as a, as a compass for me so that's why i said reclamation you know i really love that because well first off you know i don't think people have taken that approach before so to hear that kind of reflection piece is really unique and i really appreciate that and then you know from my own perspective like I'm young, but I'm about to turn 25 and for whatever reason, I mean, I think it's common for people, but like I'm having like the existential dread of uh -huh. the, the 25 marker. For sure, man. And it's like, I think I, a lot of that dread is thinking about like when you're a little kid, you think you turn 21 and then you're going to have six figures in the bank, you know, like have a family, have kids right, right. immediately. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like you, you think like you turn 21, then instantly you're an adult, but it's like my reflection of the little kid as of right now just because of where i'm at is stress but mm. where i like what you're talking about because i mean i'm gonna let you get into it um but you're you're so right because when we're little kids we're not thinking so much about 
the view of ourselves. We're just thinking about what do I need right now? What, what, or what am I feeling? And that's kind of what drives our emotions and our actions. And I mean, we talked about this before we start recording, but so much of that mental health, especially for masculinity and for men is balance. Um, so I, I really appreciate that idea going into, you know, what I know about you. So I kind of want to take it back. I don't know if it started when you were that little kid, but when would you say your mental health journey really began? I feel like it was, for me, it was probably, uh, it was post-college. Cause I think, I think college when I think about community as a really important cornerstone for wellness and just overall happiness. And I noticed that when I was in college, it's so built in, right? Like I was, I was on the dance team. I was part of like Asian American organizing stuff. If anything, it was, it was almost like, whoa, this is like <laughs> too much community. Sometimes, sometimes I need my alone time, but, but right after college, uh, you know, entering the real world and feeling like, oh, if I don't actually put an effort to go out there and be connected with people, I'm not going to be connected with people. So, you know, I felt that kind of kind of slip away and then, you know, feeling like I had to strive and fight for success, you know, by myself. Um, I think it was like it came from taking community for for granted and not understanding that it's this give and take thing of like, as I pour into a community, that community pours pours back in into me. Um, and then at, at the time as a man, not really understand like, okay, well, but what do I do <laughs> to, to, to stay in touch with community? You know, what's the best way to do it? You know, best practice. It's not things I, I really, I really thought about. You know, of course I had, I had friends that I was still in touch with, but I'd say there was probably a year or two there where it, it felt like the world was caving in hmm. and there was a, there's a sense of, sense of isolation. Um, and looking back that really did a number on, on my mental health, like not feeling connected to, to people or, or purpose. Um, yeah. And that's, and it took, it took kind of going down, going down to that dark hole, uh, to eventually hit rock bottom of sorts and think like, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to feel like this for, right. for the rest of my life. Like there's gotta be something better for, for me out there. And I'm now willing to to fight for that instead of just like, oh, well, I hope, you know, the world will get better. I hope X, Y, Z will get better for me. Kind of like meeting the world, learning how to meet the world halfway as, as an adult. Because, um, yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to be entitled to, to anything, but that's part of community. It's, it's that it's that give and take. It's being able to lean on, you know, things, organizations, people, um, when it, when it can feel too much for us as individuals. So I want to backtrack a little bit even further from there. Um, sure. Did you grow up prior to college in an AAPI population or an area where you could dance or express yourself? Or was it kind of something that you didn't find until college? Mm. Yeah, so uh, my background is it's interesting. I'd say I'm almost like half Asian American, half international, hmm. uh, if, you, if you will, because I was born in the Bay Area. When I was six, I moved back to China. So between six to 18, I actually went to school in Beijing. Oh, wow. So but like, you know, an American school in, in Beijing. So it was like this weird <laughs> half half Western, half half Chinese um, upbringing. But yeah, and in, 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 in that in that sense, um, yeah, I was in an environment where it was very much like, oh, school first. Everyone's got to you know, shoot for the top university. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, it'd be nice if you made that college. It was, it was the expectation. Um, but, you know, shout out, shout out to my, shout out to my mom in particular. She was always very like, Hey, it's nice outside. Uh, go out and play. Like, yeah. what are you doing in here playing video games or doing, doing <laughs> homework, you know? So I think through that, um, I was always like very involved in the, in the arts as, mm. as a kid. And I like to tell people, I think of, very many ways that that prevented me from going down much darker paths as as a man uh, that I that I could have back then. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm curious, like, because I know I haven't really introduced the the aspect of your work in masculinity masculinity and with men, mm -hmm. but 
what was the expectation of men in that school? Uh, because I don't know, because it's half Western and it's half Chinese culture. So like, what sure. was, how was masculinity expressed or what, how was the spectrum expressed or what was acceptable? Yeah, definitely not as emotionally intelligent as I'd say uh, I'm seeing the conversation around masculinity be be today. Um, as you know, you know, it's funny because I was involved across like many things in high school. Like I was simultaneously in choir and on the dance team and on the basketball team. So I think I got to experience the whole spectrum of of masculinity, if if you will. You know, being part of like locker room culture of, of course but also part of part of arts culture and i think i think that it's like this commonality i saw between all of them it's just like everyone's trying to find it's 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 like they're trying to find the way that they fit in and stand out at the same time yeah so so that's that's what i that's what i see you know every every one of that time especially men it was like you're searching you're searching for like a sense of distinction like how, you know, if I can't uh, be the best in this hierarchy over here, you know, maybe there's another hierarchy, say like the arts department right. or, or other or other things. So, but definitely a competitiveness that that I that I saw, even even in the arts choir, less so, but I know say in like orchestra, you know, people are fighting for like the first seat and mm. that becomes part of your college app and all, all that kind of stuff. So I'd, I'd say it was marked by competitiveness. And yeah, that sense of that sense of independence as as well. That's that strikes a memory for me because mm. I didn't really think about it, but I told I could totally relate because my freshman year of high school, I did basketball. I wasn't very, I wasn't that good. I mean, I was pretty good, but then there's a the whole thing with the coaches, and then I wasn't playing my position. It was the whole thing. But anyway, sure. I played basketball my freshman year, but I also did the salsa club, and you know, salsa is a very hip forward dance and it's like that's right the the good thing was like my partner was someone who was popular so like me dancing with a popular girl people were like oh like cool go go i man. Respect, like, respect that yeah, yeah it was like that kind of thing what was yeah, that kind of sure. thing but then like i remember like we did study hall for basketball and i was like hey like i didn't know how to bring it up i was like i kind of need to go to salsa practice and it, like i remember one of the coaches like was a younger guy kind of gave me a hard time i was like yeah yeah and then that competitiveness came in because then I was like, if I'm gonna do this, me and my partner were on the same same boat. We were like, if we're gonna do this, we're gonna be good. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. we were like on the yeah. outside of the formation. We were like second row. It was like the whole thing where it was like, if we're gonna do this, we have to be good at it. So I was definitely had that competitiveness to me in order to kind of, I don't want to say, I will say because I was a freshman in high school, I I used that to compensate for the fact I was doing this quote unquote feminine dance you know for sure um so you totally struck that memory in me um and, is, and isn't that funny because like in america we see it as like a feminine dance but if you in other cultures that's like very masculine right because yeah because you're because you're leading because i i learned partner dance uh it's a style called new style hustle with my with my partner and that's this is a whole other conversation but i feel like learning to lead in a partner dance has been actually a very healthy development of mm. my masculinity. Huh, that's very interesting. Yeah, but I, I could totally yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah, but in different cultures, again, it's, it's seen exactly. as, yeah, I think sometimes like America, it's like, it's easy to just look at things through the lens of American culture, but then yeah. it's also like, oh, in other places in the world, this is actually completely normal, celebrated, yeah. uh, embraced even, you know? <laughs> Totally. So it's it's funny, but that's dope that you do that. So I relate to you on that on that side for sure. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so it was just a funny memory that you struck in me, and I could totally relate to what you were saying. Um, but yeah, you know, you were super involved in high school and then college. Where did you go to college? USC. Okay, so you know you're back ingrained into American culture, and mm -hmm. you were very involved as you were saying. But yeah. post college, you know back to your mental health journey when you're in the lowest of lows, you know, how, what helped you kind of climb out? Was it finding community? Was it finding it in yourself? Was it a mix? Like how, what, what were the steps that you had to take? Yeah, I, I will describe, 
I'd say, I'd say my healing journey in kind of two steps. Uh, first was going really going inwards and finding a lot of acceptance for myself and how I am and how, how I was in the past. So a lot of things supported me during that time, right? Like breathwork meditation, um, you know, personal development classes, like workshops, that kind of thing. Um, you, you know, learning about systemic psychology, like family psychology, you know, how, how is trauma formed? Like what kind of interpretations do we create as children that can, that can actually make it difficult for us later on in life, creating connection or being connected with the community. Right. So I think that first step was going inwards, give myself a lot of love, a lot of acceptance. Um, it's like saying the things I would have wanted, say, an older brother mm. or or my father to have, to have said to me, right? Giving giving myself that, um, and the second part has been becoming more external, right? It's like okay, now that I'm feeling much better <laughs> about myself, taking these shameful things out into the light so they can be cleansed. To talk about it poetically. Um, but now, you know, with this newfound sense of self-acceptance and strength, it's like, what do I actually want to create in the world? Like, what what, what do I want my legacy to be? So if you want to think of it <laughs> as elements, I don't know if you watch like Avatar The Last Airbender, yeah. that type of stuff. It's like the water first, right? That that flow, that, that mm. acceptance. And then now it's like, okay, let's 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 find the fire. Let's bring the fire to whatever whatever I'm doing, right? And bring bring that passion, bring that discipline. So, yeah, I guess that's that's kind of my my thesis on on masculinity work as, yeah. as of the moment. Like, and that's why you know when we're talking about online male pers like personalities, just being like you just got to hit the gym, you just got to earn a hell of money, and right. then you're gonna get all the chicks, and then <laughs> your life your your life will be good. I'm like, that's that's a part of it, you know having an avenue to work hard and, and create things but i think both of those pieces are actually crucial totally like so yeah yeah, yeah go ahead sorry no i i i didn't mean to cut you off uh but i will um <laughs> the 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 inward piece like it I, when you're in the lowest of the low how do you even decide i need to start taking steps because i think people find different um, inspirations to do so but was it just the fact that there's nowhere else to go or you know what made you make that decision I think it just builds over time like for me it was almost like this physical feeling of like I would just wake up and it felt like you know there were people like sitting on my shoulder or like sitting on my chest I know sometimes people talk about that as like a symptom of, of anxiety um but I think that's the hard part about it. Sometimes it sneaks it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Right. Like if you told me when I was in college and you know feeling on top of the world, like you know ready ready for the world and all that, that a year or two later I would have been in that state, it would have been like unfathomable. You know, it's just like that that slow that slow burn. Um, yeah, and I think it's. And I think that's the danger also of being disconnected from community. Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I run my men's groups, um, my, my purpose for it isn't necessarily to like, yo, you're just going to come and you're going to talk about your feelings for the first time and you're going to be healed and everything's going to be great for the rest of your life. I think of like, you know, say it's me during that time and I'm, I'm just kind of in free fall, even if no one sees it, um, on, on the outside, I just think about how can we as a community provide as many nets on the way down hmm. to like catch people so whether you know it's changing tide and all the work that you guys are doing or the work that i'm doing or different mental health services or, or nonprofits, how can we give as many possible avenues for for men <laughs> in their downward journey spiral whatever whatever it is more opportunities to like have someone you know say look in the eye and be like hey how you doing we good. It's okay, but it's not good. We can right. we can talk about it, right? So, yeah. So, I guess because I want to get into your your work with your group, but how did you? Was there unlearning you had to do in order to find this group and find your work to do to help others, like to create these safety nets? Where 
because you you did all this you did the soul searching when you were in the lowest of the lows and that's also very easy to be the time when men take it too far and you you know you do the only the external and you don't mm -hmm. do the inward searching piece so no. how did you kind of unlearn what is traditionally told to men to find the path that you found yourself on mm. i'd say to put it in a nutshell it's, it's leaning into the uncomfortable mm. right like <laughs> I can think of a few examples off my mind, like telling my dad, I love you for the first time. Uh, even when he didn't say it back, yeah. you know, but like, you know, it's like, I remember that feel, I still remember that feeling in my body where it's, it's like my chest tightens. It's like adrenaline is rushing yeah. through my system. Uh, so like that kind of thing, or like just noticing like, Oh, Oh shit. I would normally, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast. Hopefully you can, you can censor me, but yeah, like, and this is still something I'm working on, but, you know, as, as a man, it's like, okay, this, this point in time, this is where I usually go to anger, mm. you know, where else can I go right now just to try it out and see, and see what happens. And this applies to everything, right? Whether it's in, in, in a romantic relationship in, in friendship in, in, in community, I like it, it, it took practice and awareness to to start to start developing that and to start almost like train myself to see a new reality right because if all i knew say at the time yeah i was like 24 24 25 if all i knew and was used to was oh shit this hurts right now and go inwards go inwards suppress it don't talk about it you know pretend pretend i'm okay uh just like shut everybody out for a week and then come back as if nothing happened and like, don't let anybody in. It's really hard to like all of a sudden try to be like, Oh, well, I want to be more vulnerable. I want to be more connected. It's not going to, it's not going to be easy. So say for any, any man out there right now, listening to this, I would say like, just understand that it's going to be a process. Like it's actually not as simple. You know, sometimes people say we just need men to, be vulnerable it's like yeah that's partially that's partially true but we also need to have a lot of empathy and understanding for how fucking painful that process is going to be because mm -hmm. if for, for my entire life i'm like i get hurt i'm a i'm a stone i'm a stone face it because i don't i don't want i don't want the guys to see that that affected me uh -huh. as part of my survival mechanism toolkit now you're asking me in that moment actually to cry to open up when i feel most in danger it's it's going to be very difficult and it's not it's not going to be a perfect journey so i just encourage you know all the guys out there it's like it's, it's going to be okay to not be perfect in fact i'm i pretty much guarantee you it's not going to be perfect uh so but the important thing is to is to keep trying because mm -hmm. uh, if we if we know that oh my anger always results in X, in, in destruction, in, in disconnection. Then why don't we at least try something different just mm -hmm. to see, just to mm -hmm. see what happens. Almost like, a, almost like a science experiment. Yeah, right, no. Let's change, let's change what, let's change the chemicals <laughs> we're putting in here. Let's see, see what happens. Might, right. might come up with some, some better things that even we don't expect. That's, it's crazy because you kind of, it sounds like you kind of just did this by looking inward but this is something that i had to learn through talk therapy like mm. i i have a cognitive behavioral therapist so awesome. you know that's they they kind of tr try to help you to rethink your approach to situations and that's through that type of therapy mm. and that's how i stopped i mean i still struggle with it because as you said it's a process but like yeah. usually i'm now i'm able to not immediately see red and get angry mm -hmm. and yeah. I did that through therapy and then you know I think it's really you deserve a lot of credit for the fact that you're able to kind of just because I think not just men but everyone else often sees like my way or the highway or like oh I'm the one that was right sure. in that situation oh, so yeah. why do I need to change it should be someone else that changes yeah. but you know you look you had the ability to stop and look inward so I think you deserve a lot of credit for that and thank you man yeah, and I think that's why you 
are such a good leader of your group, uh, proud Asian men. So can you describe what this group is? Yeah, so so Proud Asian Men is a is a biweekly uh, peer support space that I facilitate in in coordination with Asian Mental Health Project. Um, I've also recently started my own like weekly men's group that's open to men of all backgrounds. So that's the landscape of uh, the men's group work work that I do. But uh, yeah, Proud Asian Proud Asian Men from from the beginning, there's been a lot of iterations of it. Uh, even like two years before I started doing it officially with Asian Mental Health Project, um, I just started posting on Facebook. I was like, yeah, it'd be cool if we had a space as Asian men just to get together and talk about things, you know, have done in-person stuff, you know, do do online. Eventually now it's landing uh, with the specific way I'm doing it with Asian Mental Health Project. But to me, it's it's uh, it's first and foremost a space for men, Asian, Asian men in the Proud Asian Men group case just to get together and be human together um my one of my core values in the group is like you like they can tell me what their experience of being an asian man is like i'm not gonna come in and be like oh matt you're an asian man so you must have grown up feeling emasculated it's like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put that on you that might have that might have not been your experience you know so that's my thing where I, I want to come in with an with an open mind an open heart every time so that guys can leave feeling like oh like leo saw me as an individual mm. not just as you know asian man number seven right in, in the room so and then and that's i've seen that you know approach be be very helpful um because it's you know it's, it's it can be a hard sell sometimes to guys like hey yo come into this group with a bunch of other dudes and we're going to talk about our feelings. It's right. going to be great. So <laughs> it, it takes, I, I, that's why, you know, just as you're giving credit to me, I want to give a lot of credit to the guys, all the guys that have shown up to the group this past year and a half through AMHP. Uh-huh. Cause I'm like, it's hard. I don't even know if I would, you know, show to a zoom room uh, every two weeks, not know who's going to be there uh-huh. having never experienced the facilitator, not knowing what the quality of, of the conversation is. So mm-hmm. yeah, to each of the guys that have ever come through, it's it's a it's a huge acknowledgement to their to their courage and their their commitment to like wanting to be connected to community and wanting to fighting for their humanity feels like a extreme term, but sometimes that's what it what it, what it feels like when the mm-hmm. world is the way it is to allow ourselves to be in community and put ourselves up there and speak when we don't know what's going to come back. Um, and also in the same breath, like listen to other guys with with good intention, with with care and encouragement. I I would argue it is not extreme to call it fighting for their humanity at all because mm-hmm. it's so easy now for anyone to lose their humanity, uh, whether it be over global conflicts, whether it be over choosing to live most of one's life online or without you know speaking to an actual face you know like sure it's zoom but you know you're seeing people's real faces in their real life yeah uh it's very easy now to lose humanity you're given more opportunities to to lose it than to find it so i think to have the guts to just join this group, you're it is fighting for one's humanity because it's so easy for to sure. lose that now. Um, and you know, I because of how easy it is for someone to type something on a keyboard without ever attending this group or not even knowing who you are or knowing what mental health really is to a man. You know, what has the reception been like? You know, whether it be your music career, which I want to get to, but whether it be your work in mental health, whether it be your work on your music career, you know, like what, what is the, what kind of reception do you get when it comes to being a vulnerable Asian man? I feel the over, the over, oh, the overwhelming response is, hmm, it's just so, it's just so positive. And it actually gives me so much hope because, uh, you know, every time like say five minutes before I log on to the Zoom onto the group, I'm still nervous because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know who's going to show up. 
you know, I don't, I don't know what we're going to bring up and, and talk about today, but I think it's been a testament to how much people increasingly in an increasingly digital world, how much people crave genuine human connection, right? Like you can feel it in the room, even though it's through Zoom, the moment like a guy speaks up and he's saying like, hey, this happened to me. I was scared. I was terrified. I was hurt. I was heartbroken. I felt shame. I was angry, right? You can feel it. You can feel almost like the energy and frequency in the room slow down because those are such core things to our experience. And oftentimes I think, you know, in casual social interactions, there's almost this like social contract that, hey, don't talk about the heaviest shit. Like we're all going through some shit. Like let's just, let's just chill out. Right. But we don't, get to the core of that maybe we'll say yeah you know i had a tough time at work but that's different between that and saying i don't know if i'm happy with my direction in life right now and that's really scary to me and to see someone say that and then chat just like close up right everyone's like hey i feel you there's there's love there's acceptance uh, there's encouragement as well right and that's what i love seeing because there's there's like a handful of like older guys that are in, in the group, I'd say like they're like 40s and 50s and, you know, getting their perspective on on things. Um, I think sometimes as younger as younger men, getting that perspective of like, hey, <laughs> my 20s were hard too. you know, my 20s, I was trying to figure stuff out. But, you know, just that hearing that from an older man, uh, just like, hey, if you keep chipping at it, like, you know, I think things will get better for you. It can be incredibly grounding and uh and you can say like that's kind of our connection to community right connection to our elders like having having respect for that respect for the wisdom they, they have to to offer yeah while like sharing authentically that's been so reception's been been great we're, we're still great. running so yeah ha if there has ever been negative negativity thrown your way especially in the early days like did it ever make you want to stop or was it motivation wasn't the competitiveness that you talked about earlier or what like you know how how do you bounce back because I could very easily see myself in that situation wanting to detract wanting to sure. not put myself out there anymore so how have you handled those situations if they've come up yeah I, I think this this also speaks to the kind of masculinity i see in the future where it's like we're able to have that that softness but when it comes time to protect what's important to us like we're able we're able to step up and like hold our hold our boundaries firm um so you know partial partially you know it's my it's my absolute stubbornness <laughs> and uh -huh. my and my conviction when it comes to you know my mission of like making sure that every single man in the world knows that there's these kind of resources for them that it could be that they know that there's these safety nets specifically for for them um i'll also say on on an organizational level shout out to uh, asian mental health project and carrie jane if you if you know her uh, we're good friends from from college mm. um she's been extremely supportive of everything that i'm doing proud asian asian men wise so even when there are moments when uh feedback is is coming we have we have great open discussions about it we're very much on on the same page um and and to me i see, I see those opportunities as i see those things as opportunities to learn too right like say yeah i've, I've had people type like paragraphs and paragraphs of uh feedback to uh -huh. to me and you know i might see certain things and be like no i don't agree with that but okay that part you know i i see I see what I could learn from that because the goal is ultimately to be a better facilitator for these mm -hmm. guys, right? That they're able to come in and receive a level of, of just, of just care that, that even if it's not perfect every time that hopefully they can feel that they leave with their hearts a little, a little lighter. So mm -hmm. even in the criticism, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's a, uh, it's a quote I heard recently where it's like, you can, you can see the measure of a man by his ability to handle truth. Mm. his ability how much truth he can he can take huh. um and i will say i haven't always been that 
that way, you know, for the things I create, whether it's my music or like the men's group, it's very easy to start tying my self-worth to those things. So it's like how well this thing is doing is a direct indication of my self-worth. But I, I think, yeah, in, in that deeper conviction now, I can, I can almost detach it a, a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, how well my men's group is, how many people show up to the men's group today or, you know, how many streams I get today. Um, I don't, I don't need to fundamentally connect that with my self-worth. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, what other ways do you care for your mental health other than your work with the Asian Mental Health Project? Because, you know, one thing that amazes me with therapists or mental health professionals or facilitators of these groups is you're hearing a lot of heavy stories sometimes and, you know, you're trying to care for others. So, you know, how do you care for yourself amidst putting yourself out there to help others? Uh, I learned, I learned this recently. Uh, yeah, just through psychology, there's two ways to get through pain. One is actually through it. So embracing it, experiencing it, like literally physically shaking it out. Um, like I'm a, I'm a dancer, like say, yeah, hip hop and crump dancer. I'd say crump is a uniquely good way to, to release, to release pain. Um, yeah, because I don't know if you've seen in therapy, like sometimes they'll do this thing where it's like, oh, like tense up your entire body, tense yeah. it, tense it, tense it, tense it, and then now release. And then that that helps, you know, relieve anxiety. But funnily enough, like crump as a dance, it's all about that. Uh -huh. It's all about tension, throw, release, tension. So I'd say that that helps me. I've, and I've been learning <laughs> pretty recently how helpful that can be. Huh. Like, before I'd be like, oh, I'm starting to experience anxiety or some negative emotion. And I would kind of put it off. Right. Like, okay, like it's not feeling great, but it's fine. Now, immediately I'm I'm much better at being like, okay, I'm feeling off. Let's just go dance. Let's move. Oh. Let's get out. Let's get outside. Let's change up my environment. Um, that's just what what works for me specifically. Um and then tying it back, because I want to make sure I talk about the music side too. Where did you first find your passion for music and dance? Because it sounds like it's been around for forever, but I'm so sorry. My nose, I keep blowing my nose. I keep muting <laughs> myself, okay. but it's annoying. Um, where did you find your passion for music and the arts? You know, this ties back to masculinity as well, because I actually started singing later, like more in like middle school, because I, I just saw it something in me or something what i saw around me there was i had this perception of like oh singing's for the girls that's not that's not for guys but in later middle school it actually took seeing a friend of mine like start singing and being really good at it and you know getting praise for it where i was like oh i can i can do that too huh. so it took it took kind of like almost an external uh permission to, to start to start doing that I think music came a lot more like music and dance kind of followed suit after that I was like okay well if I can do this then I could do this there's a right. there was a ripple effect there um then like so so that it's it would be cool to be like oh for everyone I saw someone else seeing it be good and then I could try but not everyone's good at seeing and dancing right away so how did you decide to make the jump to pursue these things as like, you know, where did you get the validation that you were good? Was it your own validation? Was it others? But like, how did you continue to make that jump to pursue this thing? Yeah, um, I got to credit the Asian American community in LA mm -hmm. specifically very much for that because coming into college, I wasn't really sure where music was going to be in, in my life. But uh, yeah, I did this singing competition on campus freshman year, uh, ended up winning the whole thing. Um, and from there, a lot of Asian orgs, you know, Asian org reps on campus saw me, started asking me to perform, you know, eventually word gets out and like I'm performing at different Asian American organizations like all over SoCal um, and got connected to the larger Asian American community that way. So I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit because they really supported me, you know, gas, gas me up, encouraged me. 
during that time. And yeah, I look back on that time really fondly just because there was, there was so much love back and back and forth. Like the way I wrote at the time was very much songs about Asian American community, like trying to find cultural, how do you navigate cultural, like a bicultural identity, all those, all those kind of things. So shout out to them. That's awesome. Uh, because that's putting yourself out there and having a, you know, riding a high. There's the ups and downs though. So sure. through the ups and downs, how has your career impacted your mental health? Because you kind of spoke a little bit earlier about how you learn to not let your music career or your the success of your group validate you as a person or you as a man. So yep. how between those ups and downs have you been able to keep a level head or have you ever lost that as well? I for sure lost that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be lying to you, Matt, if I said, right. if I, said I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's um, that's where I've realized like support, having support is so important. Um, and this was around, it was about like a year and a half ago, and I was just like, I for all that I'm dreaming about, all that I'm doing, I really, I really need consistent support. Um, and again, this looks different for for a lot of people. Uh, but say for me right now, it's like having a business coach that I oh. talk to weekly, you know, much older dude who's seen it all, ran a bunch of different things. So he's the one, you know, when I'm freaking out and being like, oh, like this thing isn't moving fast enough. I need, I need, I need this. He's, he's the one that can be like, shut up. <laughs> you're young. Just, just stay consistent. You know, you're on the right track. Keep going. Like, don't, don't let it slip. Cause you're not feel like you're not going fast enough. Right. Mm. Also have, also have like a life coach that I talk to every, every week where we're able to kind of talk through and it's like, Hey, how are you feeling about everything? You know, are you happy with how your life is right now? Do you feel like you're living by your values? Those, those kind of things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember when I used to try to just go at life alone without like that more structured support. Um, and it was really difficult. Yeah. It was extremely, extremely difficult, um, you know, and all the all the things that we're trying to output into the world, right? Like, oh, I want to be, I want to be a good member of my community. I want to be, I want to be a good, good boyfriend, a good partner. Eventually, I want to be, uh, you know, a great father, as well. Like, that's all energy outwards. So, I think that's what I've learned over the years as a man, like. I'm putting all this energy into focusing on what I'm putting energy outwards into, but I need to also balance that with understanding like, where am I receiving energy from? Right. You know, it's going to be family, community, friends, you know, partner, uh, or even like hobbies, right? Like, right. like gaming or like sports, you know, am I going to play pickup games? I got a community there. Like, where am I getting energy? Because if I don't balance those things, it's not going to be sustainable. And it's not going to be a good time for me or the or the people that matter close to me. Right. Um, that's the majority of the questions I have for you, man. Are there is there anything cool. else that you want to say before I, I I have some like sillier quick fire questions for nice. you? But is there anything you want to say that to address you know, uh, proud Asian men or your music careers or anything that I haven't touched on? Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 at a point where I'm very proud of what I'm building in, in these men's groups. Um, I really see it as a place where, where men can practice that balance, where, you know, they're, they're there to listen and receive and, you know, reckon with their own emotions and, and accept themselves and love themselves. And it's also a space for us to talk about our goals, you know, our challenges as we're pushing forward to, to the goals that, that we want. So uh, as a man, if that's something interesting to you, uh, you can find me on, Instagram at lowhiofficial, L-O-W-H-I official. Uh, if you're an Asian man, you can join the free bi-weekly Asian men's group. If you're looking for, you know, more consistent, a more consistently engaged men's community, uh, I have my own men's group called Tinshan Men's Community. So you can find links for all that in my bio. Excited. And we will be linking all those in the episode as well. So Perfect. we'll be sure to plug everything. Sweet. I actually cool. have, have a last question for you, Matt. I'm, I'm yeah, curious. Sure. I'm just curious, uh, like in this conversation that we're having, like what's, what's coming up in your, in your mind, 
you know, um, certain like really resonate with you, you know, that reminded you of a certain experience. Like, I'm just curious, you know, what you're what you're feeling and thinking. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me the space to to share. I think what what just has kind of been in my mind this whole time is that we're two Asian men having a conversation around mental health. And I don't know when that has happened other than maybe within the last few years, you know, yeah. when, when has that been socially acceptable, especially amongst two people who are not mental health professionals, mm-hmm. you know, we're not taking it from a clinical point of view. Right. We're just talking about our experiences and advocating for yourself and advocating for your fellow man, where, yeah. especially in the Asian American community, Asian men have been considered not masculine. Like we've been called that publicly. Right. So, I think that what strikes me is finding your strength as a man in your vulnerability. Um, and I think uh, I'm someone that I, I used to be really into dance. Uh, and, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I, I've always found like, especially like YouTube dancers back in the day. Like I would always kind of look up to like yeah. the Anthony Lee's, the Brian Puspos, the oh, yeah. Mike songs, you know, I'd look up to those guys and it's like, I never questioned their masculinity. I don't think mm-hmm. many people did. And I, I, I think generally that's the approach I wish uh, people took towards Asian Americans in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's just stood out to me that we're two men talking from a perspective of, vulnerability that I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate this convo, man. Yeah. This is yeah. Dope. So few fun questions before I let you go. Let's run it. If you could invite three people t- to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be? Mm. Jason Mraz. Uh yeah. Childhood idol, idol of mine. Let me see. Uh, Khalil Fong. I don't know if you know that dude. He's like I, I a don't. huge, huge pop star in Hong Kong, but he's like, you know, like Asian Hawaiian dude. So like cool. fluent both languages, super dope. Has found like his, his success in a cross-cultural world. Um, I'm a huge gamer. So like Japanese game or like, yeah, you know, like anime type games, especially. So uh, it's a Chinese company, but Hoyoverse, uh, the CEO of that of that game, I play a bunch of their games. So, yeah, I'm trying to cover some different ground here. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah, so those would be my three. I'd Very be, cool. I'd be really happy with that. Are there any games that he's made that I would maybe know, like popular ones? <laughs> I'm showing my I'm showing my weeb right now. Like Genshin Impact, Honkai Star okay. Rail. Yeah, they're like mobile, more like mobile games. Gotcha. Yeah. No. I I've at least heard of it. I don't think Where? I've played that one, but I have at least heard of it. Go cool. sure. Um who is your dream music collab? I'll probably say Wally Hong. He's a huge, okay. yeah, huge, huge uh pop star in yeah, China, China and Taiwan. I just listened to all his stuff growing up. He did does a ton of like genre mixing type stuff, was way ahead of his time in the Asian music scene at the time. So yeah. Super cool. That'd be huge. Um have you you this came to mind earlier. Have you tinkered with any other artist names other than Lohai? Were there any other ones you were considering? Not good ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was hoping you'd say. <laughs> I don't remember them though. I'd have okay. to find that like page in the notebook <laughs> that you know me and the people from the from the, our, my label at the time we were just like <laughs> sitting around a couch for like a few hours, just like hammering away at it. Yeah. So when you were touring around, like doing the college gig stuff, were you just going by your government name basically? I was. Okay. Yeah. I was hoping. I was hoping you had like a college persona name that like my hotmail name or something yeah something like that i was hoping you had something like that ready to go but i won't i won't press you for <laughs> i'll tell you my hotmail name go oh for it, my please. god it was it was dragon sia 321 at hotmail.com. <laughs> all right you you put it out there i don't know where mine came from it doesn't make sense it was sushi bowl uh-huh bowl 
not boy, sushi bowl. I don't I like B O W L. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I don't know why. But... Like no numbers or anything. Just oh, 24, 24. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 but I don't know where the bowl came from. Why twenty four? Kobe. Kobe. Ah, yeah. uh, I had a feeling. I had a yeah. feeling. Yeah. So. But I, I still don't understand it to this day. But yo, this is real vulnerability right here. I, I Tell never, each other is our hotmail names. This is probably the Jeez. most vulnerable it's I've I've been with putting that out there. And to make it worse, I was at AOL.com. I was on yeah, AOL. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, the last one you you mentioned some of it, but is there any other places people can find you online? How people can support you? Anything else besides the the groups? Sure. Yeah. Besides besides the groups, you can find me on all streaming platforms at Lohi, uh, L-O-L-O-W-H-H-I. That's probably the best way you could support me. You know, listen to my music. And if you like it, uh, tell a friend, shoot me a DM, let me know you listen to it. Yeah, that, that always means a lot to us as artists. Cool. All right, man. I really appreciated you you sharing. Uh, I appreciate the work that you do, and hopefully uh, our cross pa- our our paths cross again. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll. This is the first conversation of multiple. Definitely. Thank you to Lohai for being on the podcast and sharing about his mental health journey, the work that he does, his music career, and just taking the time because I think uh, we're gonna have a lot of future, hopefully future collaborations where we share spaces and provide one another's resources to one another's efforts. And yeah, I just think. It's really cool to have, not to pat myself on the back, but I do think it's really important for men to have these open conversations about vulnerability and about mental health because there's a lot of toxic ideas around masculinity that will take years to get undone, I think. So no matter who it is, you know, if men are putting themselves out there to be vulnerable, I think it's a step in the right direction. So yeah, I I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, you can subscribe to our show for episodes that release every other Tuesday and give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to support our podcast and help us grow, you can do so with a donation to the link at the bottom of the episode description. To hear more about Changing Tides, follow us on Instagram at LTSC underscore Changing Tides or check out our website, thechangingtides.org. Let's continue to change the tide on mental health. We yeah.